Welcome to the extraordinary world of transformation on the Scorpiology Podcast with your host, Akili Worthy. Every week, we'll get into the ancient comedic secrets of soul astrology and numerology. We will also delve into resolution therapy and other practical metaphysical techniques to help you create the life you desire. It's time to let the magic unfold. Here's Akili. And welcome, spiritual revolutionaries, to another exciting episode of Scorpiology. I am your host, Akili Worthy. I'm an esoteric astrologer, a numerologist, and a comedic coach. And I'm elated to embark on this celestial exploration with you. Today, we're embarking on an enchanting journey through the planets and how they paint the unique story of your astrological path. Now, if astrology is a language, then I want you to think of the planets as its alphabet. Each one of the planets represents a letter that forms words and sentences in the cosmic script of your life. Now, whether you're a novice or you're an astrology enthusiast, this episode is really going to provide a gateway to understanding these celestial characters. So make sure you grab your stardust and let's embark on this cosmic exploration. Now, As I'm talking about each one of these planets today, I'm going to give you some context around what it would mean if each of these planets by themselves showed up in your second house. Now, remember, in the last episode, we talked about the houses and the second house is all about what we value. It could be material value, spiritual value, resources, etc. Right. But it's what you consider value to mean this in this particular lifetime. So we're going to kick off our celestial tour with the sun. Just like the sun is the center of our solar system, it holds the spotlight in your birth chart. It represents your essence, your individuality, and the conscious expression of who you are. The sun sign, aka your zodiac sign, shines a light on your motivations, desires, and your journey towards self-discovery. Now, if you have your son in the second house, that's emphasizing your drive for material security and self-sufficiency. Your self-esteem and sense of identity are often intertwined with what you possess and the resources you've accumulated. You're likely to channel your energy into creating financial stability and pursuing endeavors that reflect your inner essence. So I know you might hear that and feel like that might be a little bit more general, right? Maybe everybody's really focusing on trying to gain more resources, especially with the inflation and what we see going on in society right now. But I have to tell you, that is not actually everybody's focus. Um, You know, and there's a lot of other components of your natal chart, which we've gone through right for the past few episodes that will impact how much of this is actually a focus for you. Now, speaking of the sun, solar returns will also impact what's going on in your chart. Each solar return, which means the annual return of the sun to its exact spot that it was in when you were born, actually marks a new chapter of growth and self-expression. So those are also components of that particular 
planet, and we are going to refer to the sun as a planet when we're dealing with astrology. Um, That's one of those things that you want to get in touch with, your solar returns, if you're really looking more so for forecasting or to see what is coming up. All right, so that's the sun. Next up, we have the moon, often called the feeling planet. Just like the moon's phases, your emotional landscape shifts and changes. So the moon in your birth chart reveals your emotional responses, your intuitive side, and the way you connect with others on a deeper, more soulful level. Now, if you have the moon in the second house, this often indicates a strong emotional connection to your possessions and your resources. Your sense of security and your self-esteem may ebb and flow with your financial situation. And you may find comfort in accumulating things that provide a sense of stability. Okay. Now, somebody with the moon in the second house, this makes very good sense to me. Based on a lot of components of how I grew up, um, having a great deal of stability and things in place for me do impact my emotions. And if I'm in a space where I feel like I am not doing what I'm supposed to do in order to help my family reach certain goals, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do financially to help them, that has the ability to impact my emotions as well. So I agree with this whole heartedly. Now with the moon, I also want you to consider that the moon's cycles play a big role. The movement from the new moon to the full moon mirror the actual ebb and flow of your feelings. So as you traverse life's landscapes, the moon's transits reveal emotional phases, uh, things that influence your reactions, things that influence your relationships, and even your inner world. So like the sun, again, the moon has these cycles that can give you some insight into what may be going on as you do forecasts or you look at different things that are happening in your future. Now that's the moon. Let's move on into Mercury. Mercury is the messenger of thoughts and communication. It governs how you express yourself both in words, again, and in your thoughts. Your Mercury placement shapes your communication style, how you learn, and how you process information in our ever-connected world. Now, when Mercury gets into your second house, it really spotlights the dynamic relationship between your mental faculties, your communication skills, and the resources that you gather. You're often able to turn your ideas and words into tangible assets, no longer invisible, but actually visible. Your sharp mind and communication prowess can be assets in achieving financial stability. So let's keep moving. Let's venture towards Venus. That's the planet of love and harmony. Now, Venus reveals how you express affection, what you value, and your aesthetic preferences. It really paints the picture of how you experience and seek beauty in relationships and in the world around you. Now, if you have Venus in your second house, it suggests that there are going to be harmonious relationships between your values and how you attract and manage your resources. Your sense of self-worth is often intertwined with your ability to create a life filled with comfort, luxury, and beauty. 
So are you guys kind of getting this in terms of how each planet just has its own little impact on these houses? It's pretty awesome. All right, so moving on from Venus to Mars, the fiery warrior planet. Mars is all about action, 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 and more action. It's all about action, energy, and drive. It embodies your motivation, how you assert yourself, and how you go after your goals. This is the planet that gives you um, like a, a dynamic push, really urging you to take initiative. Now, If Mars is in your second house, the interplay between your ambitions and your desire for success really become a focal point for you this time around. You're driven to increase your resources, you're driven to boost your financial security, and you're driven to assert your worth in the world. So those things may always be kind of at the center of your attention or a common thread in things that you're doing when you're trying to consider your motivation, okay? Next in line, we have Jupiter. Jupiter is all about expansion. It brings blessings of growth, wisdom, and opportunity. Now, this planet highlights where you seek to expand in your life. So whether it's through learning, travel, or spiritual pursuits, Jupiter is going to give us some some information about how that's all going to work out. Now, if you've got mighty Jupiter in your second house, it's all about the connection between your values, resources, and potential for growth. Okay, so this particular lifetime, those are the things that you would be focused on. Jupiter's influence in that house also brings many opportunities for financial growth and abundance. You might experience uh, windfalls, uh, fortunate investments, or just a general increase in your financial well-being. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) Oh, yes, I love it when Jupiter shows up. All right, now our journey continues with Saturn. Saturn is the cosmic teacher, okay? So again, Saturn likes to let you know that lessons are coming. This planet is all about discipline, responsibility, and again, life lessons. Saturn's placement shows where you're going to encounter challenges and the areas where you need to grow, often through perseverance and hard work right? So if that's what's happening, you definitely know opportunities are going to show up for you to show where you have grit and strength and the fortitude to move past things, okay? A lot of people don't like it when Saturn shows up, but uh, I look at it as the fact that it creates discipline for you. And when you have discipline in areas, those are areas that you can master and win. Now, if you've got Saturn in your second house, this means the connection between your values, resources, and your journey of personal responsibility really become a meditation point during this lifetime. Anytime we see a planet show up in a house, that is a a point of meditation, something you need to focus on this time around. So with Saturn uh, in that house, there's likely a strong focus on practical financial management. Uh, Saturn's influence can prompt you to approach your resources with caution, discipline, and really a sense of responsibility. You're likely to value stability and strive to build a solid foundation for your financial security. 
Now, mind you, as I'm giving you guys some insight into what these planets can mean in your second house, I'm giving you uh, just a taste of what that looks like. There are a few more layers that come with each one of those planets, which again, wow, you can really get into again, looking at the cheat codes for what kind of things are going to impact you this particular life journey um, when you look at your chart as a whole. Now, when we talk about Saturn, you may hear things every now and then like the Saturn return. (laughs) And a lot of people get freaked out about this. But what I want you to realize is that your Saturn returns are like major milestones that occur in your life around the ages of 29 and 59. If you really consider it right, those are usually big you know, changes in your life. When you move out of your 20s into your 30s, it's often a, a, a major shift in, you know, how you start to view adulthood and how you start to um, look at matters that you believe are going to be more serious or that concept of, of what life is going to be like, um, you know, from day to day and, you know, how things are going to start to fall into place. If you're moving out of your 50s into your 60s, right, this is also a major shift. A lot of times people say your 50s are your, um, that's your decade with your highest earning potential. And as people get ready to move into their 60s, that's when you start to think about retirement, right, which is another huge life change if you get the opportunity to actually retire, right? What are you going to do with yourself from day to day? How are you going to enjoy life? What kind of things are going to become valuable to you now that work and and climbing the corporate ladder or a lot of these other financial pursuits are not uh, at the forefront of your mind? So as Saturn returns to its natal position, it marks a rite of passage, really urging you to evaluate your goals, your responsibilities, and um, the direction that you want to take. It's really a time of significant shifting in life and uh, time for maturity, right? Time to grow up and be able to meet the next challenge. All right. So next we encounter Uranus or Uranus, depending on who you are. Uh, This is the Awakener planet. Uranus is associated with innovation, rebellion, and breaking free from conventions. Its influence in your birth chart reveals where you seek to express your individuality and bring about transformative change. Now, with this planet in the second house, the quest for freedom and individuality become a major point of focus for you. You embrace change as a catalyst for growth. You also have an innovative and unconventional approach to finances, and you may even explore non-traditional avenues for wealth. Now, these unique ideas that you come up with when you're exploring these non-traditional avenues could lead to financial breakthroughs or opportunities that other people may not have even considered. So I uh, love it, love it, love it when we get to see Uranus show up. Okay. All right. Now, venturing further down the line, we meet Neptune, the dream weaver. Neptune is linked to spirituality, intuition, and our dreams. Its placement signifies 
where you're going to find inspiration, uh, where you seek to dissolve boundaries and where you connect to the realms beyond the material world. So when this nebulous planet uh, graces the 10th house, it's like a symphony of dreams, inspiration, and ethereal wealth unfold. Um, There's a strong connection between your values and your spiritual journey. Neptune's influence prompts you to seek meaning beyond the basic, right? You really look to value experiences that touch your soul and connect you to a higher purpose. All right. So we love that about Neptune. I, of course, love that because I'm all about soul's purpose. Now, continuing with our next planet, we come to Pluto, the transformer. Pluto is all about regeneration, power, and transformation. Uh, Its presence in your birth chart signifies where you experience profound changes, often leading to the shedding of old layers and the emergence of new beginnings. When the powerhouse Pluto graces the second house, there is going to be all kinds of empowerment and evolution unfolding. This placement often signifies deep and just profound changes related to your values, your self-worth, and your resources. Pluto's influence really prompts you to confront and release any patterns or attachments that no longer serve your ability to grow. So for my Plutonian people out there, you know what it feels like to constantly kind of be in a space where maybe you're feeling restless. You know there's something greater for you, right? And it's like, all right, what do I need to let go of to step into this new reality? Pluto is all about that. Now, since we just talked about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, do you know that these three planets are considered to be generational planets also? They move so slowly that their orbits really shape a collective psyche, right? It's like, again, they move so slowly. There's going to be many, 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 many people born with these planets in their charts, Their transits and their placements mark significant shifts in cultural, societal, and personal paradigms. Their influences typically bring waves of transformation that can touch, again, an entire generation. So when you see these planets in your charts, pay close attention. And if you also want to test the theory, look at what types of things were going on in society when they were making certain transits. Okay. Lastly, we get to meet good old Chiron. (laughs) I do quite a bit of stuff when it comes to the world of Chiron. Uh, I do a reading specific to the planet Chiron, as this particular uh, planet is called the Wounded Healer. Again, we're calling it a planet, but it's not technically a planet, just like the sun is not technically a planet. It's actually an asteroid with a very powerful influence. It represents our vulnerabilities, our wounds, and the potential for healing and growth. Its placement reveals where you may have deep-seated wounds that can eventually become sources of healing and also transformation. Now, when we see Chiron in the second house, this often indicates a journey of healing around your values, your self-esteem, 
and your relationship with resources. The influence prompts you to address past wounds related to your sense of worth. And through that process, that's where you're going to find strength and transformation. Um, There also may be some things in the second house related to childhood as well, because the moon can also play uh, a little bit of significance to uh, a relationship that you maybe had with your mother. Uh, So that's something that you can definitely explore for sure. Deeper. can go deeper. All right. Now, a couple of questions that come up when people are looking at their birth chart. Number one, what if you have multiple planets in a house? Well, do know when there are multiple planets showing up, they amplify the themes associated with that house. Each planet brings its own unique qualities to the mix. And uh, when you have multiple planets in a house, it can present challenges and opportunities. The energies can work harmoniously, right? They can enhance your strengths in that area, or they could clash, requiring you to find a balance between conflicting needs and desires. For instance, let's say you have Venus, Mercury, and Mars in the second house. Well, your communication, your financial pursuits, and the drive for success might intertwine, offering unique talents and avenues for expression. The nurturing energy of Venus might temper the assertiveness of Mars, creating a balance between the two. And that might show up as you being able to pursue your passions and maintain harmonious relationships. Okay. Now, another question people might ask when they're looking at their chart is, what if there are no planets in one or several of my houses? Well, when a house is unoccupied, It creates a space for quiet reflection. I don't want you to think something is wrong with you or something is out of balance. Again, the way that um, ancient Africans viewed astrology was that it was your soul's journey. And again, your soul chose to sign up to really experience different things. So we look at it as really just what's going on in this life journey. None of it good or bad, but the good news is you can utilize your natal chart to gain some insight and understanding about the soul journey that you're on this time around. Now, an empty second house suggests that your relationship with resources, self-worth, and material pursuits may be simpler you know, than other people's, or it may be less emphasized in this particular life's journey. Really, it just means that it's not a big area for you to focus on, or it's not a big area for you to expend a lot of energy. Instead of having an influx of planetary energies, you might just have a more straightforward approach to these matters, and that's okay. It's fine. Let's go with it. We'll take the simplicity. All right, so never a bad thing, just something that has been chosen this lifetime. All right, spiritual revolutionaries, this brings us to the conclusion of our voyage through the planets. Remember that each planet plays its part in the cosmic dance that guides us towards self-discovery and growth. Now, on our next episode, we're going to shift gears a bit and start moving into the world of numerology with an understanding of the basics as well as your life path number. 
Now, if you want to learn more about readings or you'd like to schedule your own reading, head on over to my website, scorpiology.com. That's S-C-O-R-P-I-O-L-O-G-I-E.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Scorpiology, spelled the same way. Until then, spiritual revolutionaries, let that comedic, mystic, metaphysical magic keep guiding you on your soul's journey during this particular lifetime. This is Akili Worthy, the Scorpiologist, and I will see you next time. Ashe. Thank you for joining us. We hope these insights and tools have ignited a flame within you, inspiring personal growth, healing, and transformation. Keep exploring, evolving, and harnessing the comedic tools available to you. And remember, you are a limitless being as soon as you decide to be. Goodbye for now. <laughs>